0: Today's Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 57 and can be found on pages 576 to 577 of the Church Bibles. Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me, he sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are like spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net, a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul, awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Today's New Testament reading comes from James, chapter five, verses 13 to 16, and can can be found on page 1216 of the Church Bibles. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This too is the word of the Lord.
1: Just by way of introduction this morning, before we um, look at Psalm 57, uh, if you look at the sermon title, it says, A New Year's resolution, sing and make music. Now you might think this is Chandler, putting me up to recruiting people for the choir. (laughs) That is not the case, I can assure you this morning. We are not trying to uh, recruit people for the church choir. Although, having said that, we would welcome any new members this year. We're going to actually talk about Psalm 57. So as we prepare to do so, let's pray. Father, through your spirit, empower us to hear your word and do your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So this week we made a quick trip to the Netherlands to celebrate Christmas with our family there. Uh, due to my aunt's death this past year and my uncle's death the year before, uh, this was the first time my Dutch cousins would be without their parents for Christmas. And so we thought it would be a good thing if we could all be together during that time there. Now, not surprisingly, this trip to the Netherlands brought back a lot of fond memories for us of of past trips to the Netherlands. And seeing the many books that my cousins inherited from their parents, this brought back many fond memories of the books I had read there on these visits. One of the books I returned to over and over again, I remember, was on the World War II Battle of Arnhem, the Battle of Arnhem. Uh, This battle was a subject my uncle was quite interested in, and this is due to his experience of the war in the Netherlands as a child and then later as a teenager. The Battle of Arnhem was the battle in which the Allies tried but ultimately failed to drive the Germans out of the eastern part of the Netherlands at the time. And since they were not able to do so, the people of the Netherlands, including my aunt and uncle, uh, they had to endure several more months of brutal Nazi occupation, including a horrendous winter of starvation and sickness. In any case, in that book on the Battle of Arnhem, there's an account of a worship service, a worship service in the city of Arnhem that went on during this battle with planes flying overhead, bombs falling all around, explosions occurring nearby, troops marching outside. This worship service commenced and continued, continued to the very end. And when the service ended, the congregation didn't simply stand up and leave. They didn't scatter and flee. No, they stayed. They stayed to sing. And among other songs, they stayed to sing Wilhelmus, the Dutch national anthem. There was no lights by the end of the service, no electricity, the organ wasn't functioning. I'm sure the noise from the battle was deafening, but the people there chose to stay and sing. They sang despite the situation. They sang despite. Circumstance. So I bring up the story this morning because I was reminded of it when reading Psalm 57. Context for Psalm 57, like that of this worship service in Arnhem, Uh, it is a time of conflict. It's a time of treachery. It's a time of fear. The words of the psalm you see are attributed to a man named David. A man who's hiding in a cave, afraid that he is going to be hunted down and killed by King Saul. King Saul at that time was trying to hunt down David. He's determined to eliminate him. And for this reason, Saul saw, tongue twister, Saul saw, Saul saw, this up-and-coming, young and dashing, successful David as a sure rival and as a possible successor. And so he was out to get him. So for this reason then, David ends up on the run. Here in this psalm, we find him lamenting his situation, his precarious situation as he hides there in that cave. The first half of the psalm is as one, I think, would pretty much expect from a man hiding in a cave, being hunted down by someone who wants to kill him. In the midst of his dire circumstances, David cries out to God for help. Again, totally what you would expect in this kind of situation. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, David says. For in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge... In the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. And then David goes on, verse three, he compares his situation to that of someone who is surrounded by lions. Verse four I'm in the midst of lions, David says. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. The poetic language there is fabulous. So, since it's poetry, we're to understand here, David is not literally among lions, but he might as well be, right? The murderous intent of Saul and his men make David's situation as perilous as being surrounded by lions. It's a bad situation. And David acknowledges it for what it is which makes what david says a few verses later so surprising i'm at verse seven now this is what david says my heart is steadfast O god my heart is steadfast i will sing and make music awake my soul awake harp and lyre i will awaken the dawn So David, we read, is going to sing and he's going to make music. On the run, in the cave, fearing for his life, David declares he's going to sing and make music. You think, what's going on there with David? Is he serious? Has he lost it? How can he sing and make music in such a situation as this? After all, Singing here, as David describes it, this is an expression of joy, an expression of hope, an expression of confidence, an an expression of peace, peace within. It's not a, a funeral dirge that David's singing here, a woe is me dirge. No, it's a bright, lively song. The kind of song David says that will will break the darkness and waken the very dawn of the day. So I think you probably see now the connection between David's story and the story of this congregation in Arnhem during the war. What David does here in his circumstance is very similar to what that congregation there in Arnhem did in their circumstance their responses to their similar circumstances are, very, are pretty much the same, almost exactly the same. Faced with darkness, faced with difficulty, faced with disaster, faced with death itself, they choose to sing. They sing with hope and joy, with confidence and with peace. And maybe, just maybe, there's a lesson in this for us this morning as we say goodbye to one year and hello to another. So it's pretty much a given in our lives that we will at one time or another face incredibly difficult circumstances. Some of you are saying, well, that's not really so much the future for me. That's the present, right? It's the present. It's me now. Well, in any case, most of us are probably aren't going to face a King Saul. We're probably not going to face lions. Uh, maybe we won't even be in the middle of a raging war. But that said, to be human on planet Earth is to experience the, the fallout from the fall. The full effects of the fall. When things went from good good are really bad there are after all terminal illnesses in our world and debilitating diseases there are failing minds and faltering bodies there are broken relationships and fractured families there are painful addictions and destructive compulsions there are failures and frustrations disappointments and disillusionments There's hatred, there's abuse, there's conflict, there's cruelty, there's pain, there's hurt, there's anguish, there's suffering. And we need to acknowledge this, as David acknowledged this. As Psalm 57 shows us, David doesn't try to gloss over the ugly of human existence, smooth over the rough, make light of the darkness simply pretend, ah, it's not there. It's all good. All good. No, David laments it. He mourns it. He grieves it. He acknowledges it for what it is. It's bad. So sometimes sometimes I wonder this. Sometimes I wonder this. I wonder if it's hard for us as people who profess belief, who have faith. I wonder if it's hard for us sometimes as believers to do so, to acknowledge the bad, because we think either consciously or unconsciously that to acknowledge the bad in our lives and in our world is somehow to doubt the good. The goodness of God. As if to to cry out in pain were an indication of lack of faith. It can be, of course, anything but. Anything but. Because to cry out in pain in difficult circumstances can be to acknowledge that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the way God created it it to be. To cry out in pain to God can, in fact, be an act of faith. It's to say that there's a God who's there, who listens, who cares. God, who doesn't necessarily like what's going on either. God, who ultimately, in his time, in his way, in this life or the next, can and ultimately will renew all, reconcile all, restore all. And this is what we see David doing in Psalm 57 David mourns his situation, he laments his circumstances. He cries out to his God, and he does so not from a position of great doubt, but from a position of great faith. He expects more. He expects better, not just for himself, but for the world. And he expects that his God wants the same and will deliver the same somehow, some way, sometime. But David doesn't stop there, does he? As he's mourning, as he's lamenting, he decides he's going to sing. And singing for him, as I mentioned before, it's an expression of hope. It's an expression of joy. It's an expression of confidence and peace. But it's not a a random expression of these things. No, it's targeted. It's targeted toward his God. He sings with hope and joy, with confidence and peace because of who his God is and what he has done for him in his past. He sings because his God has a track record, a track record of faithfulness to him. He sings because already in his life, God has proved himself worthy of such praise. He sings because he trusts that ultimately, even though he can't imagine it, understand it, Work it out in his head. Ultimately, his God will do right by him. And of course, we can do the same, right? We can do the same. God's great act of creation, God's great acts of salvation, what he has done in history, what he has done through Jesus Christ, his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. These tell us, too, what kind of a God we're dealing with here. And this should then allow us to sing... Sing even in the middle of difficult or dire circumstance. And let me be clear what I mean here by singing. When I say sing in such circumstances, uh, hopefully some of you have seen musicals in the past or movies in the past. Whistle a happy tune, King and I. Anyone remember that one? Anyone at all? A few people. Okay. This seems that that side is, this side saying, no, never heard of that. Okay. This is not whistle a happy tune from the king and I, or my favorite things, sound of music, anyone? All right. Afterwards, we can stay and sing that if you like. All right. All right. So this is not that distraction, right? This is not an attempt to push gloom and doom out of our minds with happy thoughts set to a catchy tune. Not distraction, not diversion. No, this is an invitation to sing, acknowledging the nature of human existence, the nature of life on planet earth of what is It's an invitation to acknowledge that although there is a whole lot of bad stuff that goes on in our lives and in this world, there is, in fact, a good and faithful God who is ultimately over and above it. It's an invitation to acknowledge that although human suffering is real and painful and awful, there is a God who is ultimately bigger than suffering, better than suffering and ultimately Lord over suffering. It's an acknowledgement that in this life, what we see is not all there is, that this life is not all there is, that there is a reality and a God beyond, beyond our physical senses, beyond our rational calculations, beyond our scientific observations. And this reality, in the end, will someday be the realest of realities for all of us. So, as we prepare then for 2024, let's prepare to mourn. Let's prepare to cry out to God on account of what isn't as it should be. What's messed up? What isn't as it was created to be? Let's be prepared to mourn the bad, because it's going to come at some point. But, as we approach 2024, let's also be prepared to sing. To sing with hope and joy and confidence and peace in our hearts. Let's prepare to sing, knowing that the God who once came through Jesus Christ to save will come again through Jesus Christ to save That through Jesus Christ, someday all things will be made new. And in that day, there will be no more pain, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying. Just the good stuff peace and joy, wholeness and health. Everything as it should be. Think about it. In that church in Arnhem during the war, the people there knew their situation wasn't good. They knew that in hours, maybe in minutes, the lives of some of them that evening would be claimed by that battle and that war. They had no illusions of safety, security, but yet they sang, they sang. And in the cave, David too knew his situation wasn't all that good. He understood Saul's power. He understood Saul's intent. He didn't know what the next day was going to bring. Probably didn't know what the next hour was going to bring. But despite all this, he sang. And so us as we transition to 2024, I pray we would be able to do the same. That despite all the difficult, dire, even dire circumstances, we would be able to sing a song such like David sang. A song that celebrates God's great love. A song that praises him. For sticking with us, for his faithfulness. So this is how David ends the song, or the psalm. Let me read it. This is his response to his situation. And I think it can be instructive for all of us. He says this: "I'll praise you, O Lord among the nations, I'll sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies." Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do not know what 2024 holds, but we know there's going to be some ups and some downs, some pleasures and some pains, some good stuff and some bad stuff. We pray, Lord, that you would give us a sense of your presence with us as we try to live our lives here on planet Earth. We pray, Lord, that we would sense your goodness, your love, your faithfulness to us, and that this would cause us to be able to sing, that we, despite our circumstances, might be able to break out in song with praise to you. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As mentioned before, there are sign-ups for the choir in the back. (laughs) Chandler, you know where to deposit the money, Chandler, right? Good. Okay. So go from here today. Prepare to mourn in your lives and in this world all that is awful, evil, bad, and wrong. But go from here today, too ready to sing praise to the God who through Jesus Christ will renew all, reconcile all, and restore all. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit
0: go with you and remain with you always. Amen.